137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Welcome back, everybody, to Pixelated Paranormal. And this show, guys, is going to be a little bit different. It has a little bit different format. And what exactly is going on is this year at Wichita River Fest, we've got something new and exciting coming. And I'm not just talking about this awesome concert lineup we have this year. But uh, actually, we have what is called the first ever Wichicon dropping on our doorstep. And what Wichicon will be is a basically a convention, the Wichita Comic Book Convention. Comic books, toys, action figures, pop culture. Um, we were contacted by Indeed Podcast to join them in interviewing the gentleman putting it on by the name of Robert. And Robert is a local comic book and toy collector and seller who reached out to Stephen for Indeed and uh, wanted to talk to him a little bit about the convention, what exactly it was, what they're going to be doing, and uh, just wanted to kind of help get the word out. So Preston and I joined Stephen, and we kind of sat down and talked to Robert for a little while about uh, what exactly to expect for this Wichicon, and also about Robert himself um, collecting toys and comic books. And as luck would have it, the stars aligned, and he actually had some pretty great stuff to talk about in our wheelhouse as well um, with paranormal stuff. And it ended up being something that we haven't talked about yet on our show, and that is uh, his interest in vampires. Um, We had quite a little interesting discussion with him and some of the uh, stuff he's looked into uh, over the years. So I hope that you guys want to listen to the entire episode and listen about Wichicon and um, also this, the other scuttlebutt that we get into. But maybe you're not in Wichita, or maybe you just don't really care about comics and toys. You just want to get to the good stuff. So you can, if you want, skip straight to probably... I'd say probably around the 58 to 59 minute marker, and we should be getting into uh, the good stuff there with Robert about the paranormal and our little discussion thereabouts. So without further ado, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this little discussion we have. What's going on, everybody? This is Big Steven of the OND Podcast. Unfortunately, today, Brady is not with us, but I do have some other guests with us. This is a special show. We're going to do a... Kind of like an interview and also a joint show with Pixelated Paranormal. So with me today is Sean. What's going on, guys? And Preston. What's going on, everybody? And we have a special guest here today. His name is Robert, and he is from Wichita, where we all three live. And we're going to be talking with him about some things that he's got going on. And uh, yeah, so it'll be fun. So without further ado, I will introduce Robert like I just did, so I'm just repeating myself. But I will let him talk and give you a glimpse of who he is and what he's here to talk about. Hello, my name's Robert, and I'm here to talk about Wichicon. I'm here to talk about collectible goodness, (laughs) all the wonderful things that fill our lives, the things we need, comics and toys. And here to talk about paranormal a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Wichicon, man, what is it? How did it? How did it come to um, together? And like, you know, how did you? How did you know you want you, you wanted to do this? I, I've always wanted to try to put together a real 
a, a real successful large convention. Um, ever since I, I started going to conventions, I, and when I started, when I was a teenager, I, I belonged to a group called Fandom. Um, this was in the 80s, and we had a couple of sci-fi conventions, and I volunteered. I helped out with them. Where was that at? Was it, here? it was here in Wichita. Really? Hmm. And um, in fact, at one of them, Gene Roddenberry was one of the guests, and I was fortunate enough to meet Gene Roddenberry. Who, who's, who's that? Who is? Yeah, I might. Okay, know, I, okay. I, I will. I will inform you that Stephen has lost his nerve license. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, to some of the listeners, they might not know who it is either. Maybe once you tell me, I'll be like, oh, okay, I know. The creator know. of Star Trek. Okay, yeah. yeah. Brady, We're not going to edit that out. That's if Brady was here, he'd be like, you "Fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all three thinking that too. So, I mean, it's all it's all good. No, Gene Roddenberry was an fan. awesome guy. Yeah. Um, he he was a very nice man and. And in fact, years later, in I think '95 or '98, somewhere in that range, uh, Michelle Barrett Roddenberry was in town, and bef obviously before she passed away. Mm -hmm. But um, she was just a sweet woman as well. Um, so yeah. how did so how did uh, so like that was back in the '80s, and since then, Wichita has its fair share of things going on. From when I when I actually I guess started paying attention, you know, like out of high school, we had like the anime fest. I remember that was big. We've always had River Fest, and River Fest can not really do many cons, but they would have like little, you know, specific activities related to people, different interests and whatnot. So um, I actually, you know, I was on Facebook and I saw somebody talking about Wichicon, and I was like, oh, that sounds cool, because we also have. Um, uh, what is it, Air Capital Comic Con? Yeah, mm -hmm. here in town, and that's a great thing. Lots of lots of business there. Lots of great people. Um, and then like I was like, okay, that's that's cool. I was like, heck, another one, bring it on. That's awesome. And then I and then, and then I saw the dates, and I'm like, wow, that's really convenient. Riverfest, tons and tons and tons of people. I was like, it'll get a lot of traffic because it's right there down. It's right there downtown with all the food and like. Wichita. If anybody out there doesn't know, Wichita's got a lot of fatties. I'm one included, and we love our food. So. I, I, I think it's safe to, yeah. to say I, I'm probably a little overweight too. So when it comes when it comes to Wichita and the, like the food for the Riverfest, it's really really popular. And um, so your location's great, man. Like the Century Two, like that's 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 incredible. And uh, so, like vendors and stuff, like who, like who guests, vendors, like stuff like that. Like, um, you've got a lot of them. You probably can't remember all of them. I cannot remember all of them. I know uh, back in time, Comics and Toys, they're going to be there. Hero Haven, oh. they're going to be there. Prairie Dog, um, Mopar's Comics and, and Games yeah, and that, Toys. That 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 dude's a good dude. I yeah, love yeah, Mopar's awesome. Absolutely. Mopar um, sounds like a Marvel villain. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always think of a car. Maybe part. he is. <laughs> Have we thought about investigating this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, so it was really cool to see, like, uh, to see some. I mean, you're, and you're still announcing people that are coming. Oh, yeah. So you've done the, you've done a couple this week and last week, and and uh, it's just it's really cool. Actually, uh, we were telling you about their other co-host uh, uh, Rob. Uh, he uh, went to school, and he's really good friends with this guy named Will Woods. And he's got his actually own studios, uh, Muse Tap Studios, and they're actually. I messaged him and I'm like, "Hey, Switch Con's going on. It's a pretty cheap buy-in. He's, he's kind of doesn't know really what the turnout will be, but it's it's looking good. 
getting on a vendor table, and he did, man. He contacted he did. it, and then awesome. and then he's gonna have Bubba out here, and and uh, I'm really really excited to. And then man, his art is oh my gosh, it's so incredible, man. I've so, uh, I've guested uh, cos a couple of cosplay. Um, the Hive for the Umbrella Corporation, they're going to be there. Really? Nice. Yeah. They're, they're, they with their cars. Too? Yeah, yeah they're with awesome. their vehicles. It's triple Diamond Cosplay. Um, that, that's uh, Jim Dixon and Paige Blunk. Cool. So. I went to a, a zombie event at uh, Exploration Place, and I think Umbrella Corp was there as well. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. it's a zombie. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were up there, and they were, they were playing their part really well. They were in character, and we were outside, and like you, you got like a little check sheet, and you had to go and like earn stickers to get like the prize at the end as a shot glass. But like, we're out there, and our friend Patty was like, You know, we went for that shot glass. Hey, you know, I'm going to do everything yeah. for it. <laughs> so, uh,. We're out there, and our friend Patty was like really sick, like coughing and sneezing and wheezing. Damn, we're out, the T virus. We're, we're out there. We're, we're out there with uh, with them, and like we're talking to the guys from Umbrella Corps. And I'm like, I'm trying to be me, and I'm like trying to like make one liners and make them laugh. They're not breaking character at all. And then she kind of coughed, and he looked at her. He goes, "How long have you been ill? Do you have a fever?" And I was like, yeah, "I think we he got pulled them six Yeah, he's like, yeah. So I was like, "I think I think we got under control, guys. This is our friend. I think we can handle her." And I said, "Patty." She goes, "Yes." Yeah. Just look at the flowers, Patty. <laughs> That'd be hard not to not to break character on that. Now I the the one big thing that I, I was really excited about is um, bringing an activity event to the to Wichicon. And performance meta training um, is going to provide archery tag. They're the only ones That's licensed yeah. in the mm-hmm. state of Kansas for archery tag right now. That's awesome. That's cool, man. So so like so, with this con going on, how like um, will the doors just be open? There'll be people at the door, just be like checking, see if you got a button. You got yep. a button, get in. Does that include kids too? Like every person that goes in, every body that goes in has to have it has, a button. Has, okay. has to have a button. Okay, cool. And then uh, yeah, so once once that you get to get in and you get to you get to check out things, and it's up to the vendor, you know, like whatever they have there, you know, their prices and whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be original artwork. There's going to be comics. Um, like Rebecca's Comics is going to be there. They're out of Kansas City. Kim Cotterell, he's out of Derby. Um, he does a great comic book called Mr. Right. Um, I've always enjoyed his work. Ooh, great awesome. sense of humor in it. Um, Brad Voth is going to be there. Um, there's going to be a couple of authors like A.R. Krebs, Susan Lambden. Um I, there's going to be some really interesting vendors there, like uh, Paper Cute, um, the oh Melissa Shockley. I can't remember. Uh, oh, she's going to kill me. I can't remember the name of her business. <laughs> we can cut her out. <laughs> no man, don't cut her out. <laughs> they uh, so like when I've been to cons. Have you guys both been to cons? Anything I, big? I have not. I've been to the Air Capital Comic Con on okay. sheer happenstance. We were at the farmers market, and I think someone had to go to the bathroom, so we went into the building, and I saw the sign, and I'm like, "No way!" So we got in there and just kind of mused around for just a few minutes. Oh, now that's funny. That's awesome. yeah. I had no idea it was that weekend, so I literally like, walked in. I walked. I in think I remember that because you were like, "There's this guy up here selling toys." Yeah, like, <laughs> and I walked in and it's like, "Oh," my wife's like. You have five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and I, I've always enjoyed the shows that Don and Drew put on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they always do a good job with it. Um, I just want to make one bigger. And not not because I'm trying to compete with them. Right. I, right. I want... I, I, I love more. Air Cap. Yeah. yeah. I want to be able to provide the celebrity guests, yeah, which right. is, I, I know for a fact is something that Don and Drew don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I just want to be sure to... 
make this into and a, a lot of, very large a lot of people, convention. Because like I've been to uh, Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. I've been to Super Bitcon, which is more video game related, down in Oklahoma City. But um, like vendors are is such a huge deal because people will go in there. And like depending on people, like they'll they'll walk around the whole thing, then they'll decide what they want to get, and then then and then if they really see something they want, then they'll either go get more money or they'll come back the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. And when I was uh, like you know we were gonna have uh, vintage stock has a place there. Did Game Exchange get in there? Uh, Game Exchange has not gotten in there. I know um, vintage stock, CD Trade Post, and. Um, Third Planet. Mm-hmm. Those are my my three large corporations. So what, vintage, that what Vintage Stock we did in. when I went to um, the Super Bitcoin because they have Vintage Stock up, up in Oklahoma City. They had at that time they didn't have it in Wichita yet. And uh, what they were telling me they do is that they'll uh, reach out for inventory from others from other big markets and bring it to the con because they know people are going to be there for money. But that was more so of a video game convention. But I'm assuming they'll probably do the same thing here. But like as far as like original artwork, man, like when I went to Planet Comic Con and, and met Will's team, uh, Muse Tap Studios, like I bought I bought a lot of prints. <laughs> like he has this he has this whole line where it's kind of like um, the pinup model girl, and then she's like um, modeling next to a controller, and there's a controller for each system ever made. Mm-hmm. It's badass. I bought the whole line, <laughs> like every one of them. Right. I don't have them hung up yet, but now, uh, now as amazing. far as artists goes, I would really recommend everyone visit Jerry Bennett's booth. Um, he's actually been contracted by Lucasfilm, by Marvel, and has even done actual work just for Stan Lee. Oh wow, that's legit, so, man. That's cool. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Jerry Bennett there. That's, that's so awesome. cool, man. Have, so, have you run into any, any like? Uh, real struggles with the whole thing has it been kind of smooth or has it been like some things kind of hard like you know actually um it's really weird because um yes there's been some small hurdles but compared to everything else going on in my life witchicon has given me the least amount of difficulty um to, to let the listeners in on that basically over the five months that I had to plan this, from the from the day that Riverfest called me and said, "All right, you have the convention, go," yeah, that which was January sixth. Um, both my wife's father and my father went down at the same time into the hospital. Then her father passed away, and mine got better and moved to Winfield. Mm-hmm. That caused a lot of stress with us. And then my wife left me. So, with everything going on in my life, I'm still planning Wichicon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that means um, I'm, I'm, there's something horribly wrong with me. Or pre- or preoccupying your mind. Yeah. Get preoccupying my mind. I'll go with that. Well, you're, you're redirecting <laughs> that negative energy into something positive. Yes. You know? Yes. Which is, which, is, you know, which is a good thing to, to focus on. I, mean, I know there's a lot of people excited for it, man. I'm, mm-hmm. I really... I'm, I'm so... Um, like, I'm really excited because, like, I mean, I told my dad about it. He's going to go up there. I told him, I said, because he, he's always seen, like, Comic-Cons, like, on TV, and he's never been to one, but I'm like, because he, he has, like, a lot of stuff, like, comics and non, non-sports non trading cards, you know, like, x right. on, you know, that stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But he's, so what he's, what he's thinking, he's like, well, I, I can bring it up there and sell it. I'm like, no, you can't do that because you don't have a vendor table, but... You could possibly talk to somebody there, and then you can exchange numbers. Say, "Hey, I've got this. Do you want to come and check out my shop?" And that's like, so it opens up venues for people of similar interests. You know, not just to not just to yeah. sell or anything, but just to like to make new friends, man. Because 
that's one thing. That's one thing that's hard in 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 Wichita, in my opinion. You know, these these two guys, they're really like into you know doing trivia and the bars type thing. Like me, like I'm I'm not like that at all, and it's hard for me to go and find other nerdy people. So, actually, speaking of uh, vendors of that nature, we also have Oliver's sports cards mm-hmm. coming. So, yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. To all the listeners out there, probably maybe you've heard the story, maybe not, but I know you probably your guys hasn't. So, Garbage Pail Kids was. Um, Kind of like a Cabbage Patch Kids like parody type thing back mm-hmm. in the 80s. Yeah. So my dad went to this auction, right? And he went to this auction in El Dorado. Uh, it was a it was a storage auction. He it, he doesn't ever usually do a storage auctions because it's extreme gamble. Like you never know what you're gonna get. So he walks over there. He like looks in and he's like and he sees you know like there's like drapes over everything, which is really weird because usually they'll take the, they'll take the sheets off, let everybody see what's in there. But there wasn't, it wasn't like that. And there was a box that was like this, and it said he, he saw Garbage Pail Kids. And he's like, what the hell is that? So he goes home. This is back when he sold on eBay a lot. He goes home, and he uh, looks up on eBay, Garbage Pail Kids, and then he, it, he, he saw on the bottom trading cards. And this was a, a case of them. So he's like, if that's what's in that case, he goes home and looks them up. And these are like all, you know, the, I mean, the mint condition, first condition, First whatever. runs, yeah. First oh, runs, wow. it's crazy. Uh, and then he sees they go at that time was going for like four to five hundred dollars just for an unopened box. Yeah. He's like, holy shit! So he goes back to the auction, stands there for literally six hours till they get to that to, to that thing. Only two other guys bid bid on it, and he gets the whole storage storage shed for like I think five hundred bucks. He goes in there, you know, it's like something out of a movie. He goes in there, pulls the sheet, he's like, Whoa, it's like slow motion, you know. And there's just all these boxes of unopened garbage pill kids, not just cards but merch. Like signies, stand like everything, and Uncut like cut sheets. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like dude, wow. it was it was insane. And he, so like he sold he sold like quite quite a bit. I think he sold like I think close to seventy thousand dollars worth of stuff. And he still has um, like the he still has several unopened boxes. And then he also has several unopened actual like cardboard boxes that have several inside of them, mm-hmm. and some standees and punch sheets. And he has some. He has some uncut sheets of like series two or three, and I almost got into them, but I think he had a, he at that time in the shop. He had it next to a door, <coughs> and they had like a tiny little bit of moisture damage to one of the corners, so I bailed. Mm-hmm. But I was yeah, as close to getting it. It was one of those. Wow. I, didn't even, I didn't even know where I was going to put it. I just wanted it that yeah, bad. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty pretty legit. Yeah. One of the things near and dear to my heart is uh, my uh, my grandmother. Her house in Augusta. When I was a kid, um, I would get those, and they would always have, like, at the end of the pack, you would get that little sticker, mm-hmm. and so I would always peel those off, and I was sticking on her back wall, so before, <laughs> back yeah, so before we uh, sold that house, yeah. she was like, you're going to get each one of those damn stickers off of there, so I was like 13, <laughs> pulling off, I'm like, damn, grandma, these are tight. Well, she's caning yeah. you. <laughs> but see, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty insane, so, like, you know, he's always talking about... Um, you know, like that stuff, and he's just got. He, and he bought like a lot, a lot of non-sports cards from. And him, and my brother took this truck down all the way to um, St. Charles, Missouri, and they bought. Oh, dude, he's he's got so many. That's what he's talking about the X Men. Like he's got unopened boxes and open packs of like just everything from Spawn, X Men, just like everything. It's just it's just, it, it, it's insane. Wow. And uh, but that stuff that stuff's hard to move to just like. A, an average person like oh, Sean yeah. could go in there and see the see the, the garbage pill kids standing on the side but, oh that's pretty badass so, you know like what do you want for it and like you know um, how much I don't know how much it's worth but when you talk about like sport non-sports cards like you know people there's only certain people that know that right. know that product you know but and I got 93 all the way up to 97 Fleer each year X-Men 
in the Marvel universe and I have it all so you know tell your dad I can be his new best friend no he, he never came across anything like um, the old like maybe old boxes of uh, collectible card game game cards like maybe Spellfire did I don't know like he had like a bunch of like the Star Wars and the Star Trek trading card games okay he had a lot of uh, stuff in there yeah dude my dad's got tons of stuff I man that's what we do every Thursday and Friday we go garage sales Spellfire and- was a um, so okay when Magic first started out um, there was another game that was produced by TSR called Spellfire. So the makers of Dungeons and Dragons made a collectible card game about the same time that Magic did. And it ran for a while, and mm-hmm. eventually TSR got into some financial difficulties, and Wizards of the Coast bought them. When Wizards of the Coast bought them, that was one of the first things they put on the chopping block was Spellfire. I bet I bet Rob's listening right now, and he's just like, "Oh, I know he's talking about." I think Rob's, <laughs> right, right. Rob's really big into TC. I have a very huge RPGs collection of Spellfire cards downstairs. I'm still missing some card singles, like for example. And if Rob is listening, um, he might know. If he does know what I'm talking about, then he he's gonna have a cow. I have a complete no edition set for Spellfire. That's crazy, man. So All that, 400 cards, no edition. That's awesome. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, like so. I mean, I think like stuff like that. Like it'll be really cool for the for the for the Witchicon to, you know, people to see. Like I, I'm really excited, man, because I know the Mo, the Mopar dude. Like he always has cool toys and video games, and then um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what what what, what other people bring, man. It's really it's really exciting. So what uh what kind of like uh, other like guests do you have like for people like um, other than you know comic writers or anything like that but like other people that'll be speaking just making guest appearances autographs stuff like that well as we only had five months to plan I didn't figure I would be able to get a celebrity guest although it's still a possibility even this close to the date. Um, because a celebrity handler has contacted me, but I don't know if we're going to be able to come to an arrangement before Wichicon comes. Wichicon is going to be about uh, Wichita local, uh, trying to keep everything local, but at the same time, I also want to add in the celebrity guest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, we're bringing in Leif Yonker, who had who of course did the movie Darkness? Mm-hmm. It's a funny movie. Yeah, yeah. and um, Gary Miller is going to be there as well, and he also had had something to do with Darkness. And then there's Leo Kessling, and um, all of them are great and talented guys, and they're all local. That's cool. awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's it's so, important to showcase that Wichita has talent it because is. we the rest of the world needs to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very very true, man. And because uh, it's funny, like when you look at like Planet Comic Con, as you know, that just ended a couple weeks ago. Seeing some of the guests that, that were there, like it's just it's crazy, man. Like two of the X Files people, Catherine Tate from Doctor Who. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to top the yeah. Planet Comic Con yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, some of the stuff that, that, that guy goes Holy nuts shit. with his guests. Yeah, but you know crazy. he also started probably pretty small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, well, he has one advantage over me that, and and here's here's the devils in the details. It's great having it part of Riverfest because I think it belongs at Riverfest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think we can both grow together, both Riverfest and Wichita. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
let, let's be honest here. One, there, there's a couple of ways that a convention makes money. One is by charging the vendors mm-hmm. the price that mm-hmm. they charge. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the cost of admission to come in. Riverfest gets the cost of admission. Right. I don't get that. Yeah. I don't see it. And that's fine. But it also cuts out part of my budget to be able to bring in mm-hmm. larger bring guests. People, so yeah. I have to get creative and find other ways to bring them in. Yeah. But, I mean, so. you'll you'll learn as time goes by, too, because this is essentially your first This is your first con you're putting on. This is my first very large con. Right, right, yeah. So, I mean, you'll learn tricks of the oh, trade. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. if, if people like this con, you can still do it every year, but you could have another one six months later and charge ten bucks a head to get it. You know, that's or, or an five idea. bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, I'd pay a few bucks to come in and just look at stuff. That's my yeah. thing. We went down to uh, T Rex in Eureka Springs, and I don't know if you've have you been there before to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I have not been there. It's a cool place. They have a little shop called T Rex, and it's a toy store. It's it's retro and some new stuff, but like. I that way you took a picture of that the Teenage Mutant Turtle stuff. Yeah, like I literally, that, yeah. That. I went in there and I've never seen a, a, a real Ghostbusters Tolly action figure. Or maybe, yeah, maybe maybe that. Yeah, was they had a Ray too. and they had a Tolly still in the package. I I literally I almost like I teared up. I almost cried in the middle of this shop. I didn't buy anything, but I've got my camera and I'm snapping pictures of like everything, getting down, like zooming in on all the Thundercats. Oh, sweet. And the, finally, the, the the co-owner he looks through this little hole in the wall by the registry. And he's like, "Hey, man, can I help you with something?" I'm like, "No, I'm I'm good, man. Appreciate it." And he goes, "Okay, cool." And a few minutes later, he's like, "Yeah, cause uh, you're taking a lot of photos, man." And I'm like, "Well, I'll tell you something." I was like, "This is the stuff I grew up on," and like I'm literally having a, a religious experience, uh, religious, <laughs> religious experience <laughs> right now. About it. So I was like, "Forgive me for taking all these photos," but I'm texting all these pictures back to my brother because I grew up with that guy, that guy. I can tell you how I broke that guy's arm off. I can tell you what I broke that He-Man figure on over there. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And, he, and then we got to talking anyway. And I was like, well, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm not going to buy anything, man, because I'm not looking to spend 60 bucks on a Ghostbuster because I didn't know you guys were here, or else I probably would. But I was like, I just want to look at all your cool shit. He's like, yeah, we've been toying with the idea of charging you know, five bucks to pop in because a lot of times it's tourists, it's grandparents bringing their kids in, and they don't want to drop 50 bucks on a Ghostbuster or 40 bucks on a turtle. And I'm like, I would have thrown 10 bucks at you had I known you were here just to walk in and look at your cool shit. Yeah. So, I mean, people will pay money just to come in and look at stuff. Or, like, I thought, oh, like, yeah. uh, for next 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 year, which you call them, like, uh, doing, um, getting a booth and then just doing, like, retro video game tournaments and just having, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, like, have, like, several TVs set up. People go in there, play whatever they want, and you know, and just be like, oh, you know, a couple bucks, you know, or like a yeah. tip jar or something like that. Yeah. Because you know, I think that I think that'd be fun, you know, like and uh, just little little experiences like that. Because they were doing that at the Super Bitcon, um, like some some the perler beads, you know, how they melt them down, they make the eight bit looking characters yeah. and things are so cool. And it's like, gosh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm really stoked for WitchCon. Uh, I've already got. At least one day off. I'm trying to get my second, the, the the second day off because I only work weekends, so I'm definitely getting one day off to go. And uh, do you know which day that is yet? I don't know yet. Okay. And we're, we'll see and see what's going on and everything. But, well, wh- so. whichever day that is, because I, I I think you guys are going to be one, on one of the panels. Okay. So awesome. we, we we need to kind of know yeah. what day yeah. that works best for you. Cool. So awesome. we can. Yeah, I've already told my boss. That. She said it's cool with whichever day I want. So. Awesome, everything. I'm yeah. I'm 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 really pumped for that. And then and and that's another thing, man. I love panels. Like, 
the behind the scenes stuff, man. That's just it's just so cool. Like, well, know, how, how do you guys feel about maybe? Um, because I think my my friend John says he's trying to put together most of the panels for me. Mm-hmm. That that way, all the responsibility of putting everything together doesn't just lie on my shoulders alone. Um, he was thinking about maybe having you guys do interviews with some people on Saturday, and then maybe do one of the panels on Sunday for yeah. podcasting. If that sounds okay with you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down for whatever. Yeah. Sweet. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm really, I'm really, really stoked. You know, like I'm. These guys know quite a bit about comics. I know the movies. <laughs> right, right. Like, so like, uh, and so I'm one of them people that will like watch them. But man, it was so tight, and they're they're like, well, actually, uh, right. listen, you know, like, has everyone see here seen Guardians? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know out there who hasn't, so all I'll say, and and everyone here will at least understand, everyone who's seen the movie will understand what I'm about to say. No one who hasn't won't. I have to say, I was a little bit ticked off at the death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was too. I yeah. cried. I'm like, yeah. I'm about that. Yeah. 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 It was good. And we were watching it, Stephen and I, and like, Stephen's like, that's cool, that's cool. I'm like, well, here's why they did that. Yeah. <laughs> he was like explaining, like, he was explaining, like, who Stallone's character was before they actually, like, showed the credit scene, which kind of pieced it together. I had no idea yeah. Stallone was going to be in the movie. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa, it's Rocky. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew he was in there, but I didn't know who. Yeah. And then at first, when he walks up, I'm like, okay, that's not ringing any bells. And then as they ran through the montage at the end, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense now. And that's how it relates back to Yondu. Like, okay, I get it. And so I'm telling Steven about it. And then I'm like, you know, what's great is, you know, I my complaint about the first movie was Yondu didn't have that big red fin. And that really turned me off. And then I was like, uh-huh. that's, that's awesome that, you know, James Gunn put that in there. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm so amped for it because I'm watching it a second time with Steven. I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. And he's like, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yes, I mean, that's closer to what's supposed to be that big yeah. red film on top of his head. So. And then it shows, like, and then, like, because you were saying this, or you were like, with, with Yondu, like, in the first movie, it really, his character was cool. And, like, you know, he was kind of like a father figure type thing for him, for Star Lord. And then, and then, You've seen the little what do they call that? The little arrow thing or whatever. What what do you call it? What does he call it? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. His weapon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Whatever his weapon is, and then like it didn't really show the power of it. Like it showed a little bit of it in the first movie, but man, that second one, holy shit! Oh yeah, that thing is beast. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the whole time yeah. it's like. Just whistling. Now I, I will say this because you know every once in a while they'll have they'll throw a little bit of of humor out there. I think what would have been cool was Stallone's character in the movie. Is if maybe there was an alien woman that was with him, and he said, "Come on, Adrian, let's go." Yeah, that would have been funny. Right, right, that yeah. would have been yeah. funny, it, and, and, and it, w- it would have fit in with the timeline too. Of you know, yeah, it would have been about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would have been yeah, 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 cool. But yeah, they did. They did a good job with that. They did. And it was it was fantastic. And like Steve always says, he's like, "Man, I like Marvel movies, but like, let's be honest, no one ever dies." Nobody ever gets killed in these movies. Yeah. And then as soon as that arrow starts flying around, <laughs> you know, over on the TV, you know how you say, like, people don't die. He's like, yeah, it's like, there's some dark shit in this movie, and it's just like the head counts just piling. Yeah, because, like, you know, like the Marvel Netflix movies, they're extremely violent. And then, but like Avengers 1, Avengers 2, and uh, even what I consider <laughs> Avengers 3, Captain America, whatever, the Civil War, um, it was just like, there's like never no body count. I'm like, you're talking about this big ass cities rising up off the earth. Crashing back down. 
We got everybody off. Not one dude fell off. Yeah, (laughs) there was no little boy playing in the field, falling off the cliff. You're right. right. (laughs) But then, but then, like they never, they never talk about that. But then, when um, in Civil War, they kind of talk about that, Mm -hmm. like you know, like we have to be held responsible. Then in the Netflix shows, they really talk about it because they're seeing the event. Yeah. Yeah, they talk about the event. And Jessica Jones, like, there's kind of like a psycho yeah. dude that's like pissed off because, or a family that's pissed off because mm-hmm. of what they did. Like, so it's really, it's really interesting to see how how all that stuff works. And, and who here thought that that, and I forget the actor's name. So so I, I hope everyone will forgive me. I hated his character in The Walking Dead, but oh my god, if he was not the most perfect. Frank Castle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, J- I mean, J- what's his name? It starts with a B. His last name is with a B. I can't remember his name. B. Yeah. Rabbit. He, he is, <laughs> is that Jessica Rabbit's brother? <laughs> He's killer. Yeah, he is killer as as. Oh Punisher. my god, John Barenthal. Yeah, Barenthal. I knew it was he, he has to be Punisher forever now. I, I'm sorry, he has to be Punisher but man, forever. You know, Thomas Jane did a good job and I miss Thomas Jane. Of like your original like core Marvel movies, like the first two or three X-Men movies and the Daredevil and Punisher, I thought Punisher was, was pretty good. Don't forget Dolph Lundgren in the early 90s. As oh, no, no, no. Everyone should forget that yeah. one. Yeah. But like, no. He, he made a good Punisher and if nobody's seen it, go on YouTube and check out, um, I think it's called Punisher Dirty Laundry. Did you ever watch it? No. You really? Man. Really? Two no. people lost their nerd cards tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's basically, it was, basically it was Thomas Jane trying to prove to everybody, besides the fans, like true, uh, prove to Marvel and, and the directors that he still had it and he should be the next Punisher because when they made uh, Warzone, with that, that's a joke of a movie too, the second Punisher movie, um, he didn't get recast because they wanted somebody grittier and dirtier. So this is like a really short bit. And if I remember right, like he funded the majority of it. He footed the bill to make this little short movie. And it's basically like the follow-up to like what he's doing after that movie. So he's living in his van and he's just trying to be a dude. And like he just gets pushed a little bit too hard, a little bit too far. And then it's just about him just taking out the track. By the again. river? Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas I've, you know, I've, don't know much about comic stuff, but I've played the Punisher video game. That game was crazy. On Nintendo? No, no. <laughs> the the one on Xbox when it was like, you know. Oh, I never played it. You, did you ever play that? No. So, like, you play, obviously, as a Punisher, and you go in, in these, like, you know, very linear levels. And it is, at the time, you know, like, right now, I think now we're kind of desensitized to violence in video games. But, like, in the Xbox PS2 era, that was one of the most violent ones. I mean, you were, like, putting, like, um, you'd, like, you dunk the guy in this fish tank of with piranhas, of course. And once the piranhas are all eating his face or whatever, you like take him out and like push him through the glass, and then take him down on the glass, and then take him and then like and then like flip him over. It was like crazy, crap, crazy, wow. crazy violent. Yeah, it's a really, really cool game. It's it's because back in that era, PS2, Xbox, uh, original, and GameCube, there really wasn't many like great comic book games, and that was one of them. That and the Hulk Ultimate Destruction. And, uh, and Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Spider-Man 2. That, yeah. Yeah. Xbox that, had a killer lineup yeah. of like, Marvel games, man. Spider-Man 2 changed changed the game when it comes to uh, superhero games, that's for sure. Yeah, it was badass. It's freaking amazing. So with that, we'll, you know, we'll segue into like which cons coming, uh, Riverfest, what are the dates again? Uh, June 3rd and June 4th. Yeah, June 3rd and June 4th. Opening weekend. Yep, opening weekend. It's great because, I mean, Riverfest is doing bigger, better things the last couple years, too. Oh, absolutely. The people in charge of that. I mean, just the music. The, the music. Oh, the music yeah, the performers alone is is so intense for music lovers, and like, it's cool because people like I'm gonna say our age demographic are finally in charge of it, and they're finally bringing a fest to bring people in. Besides, like, yeah, 
retired three times over country bands. And I mean, stuff it's like crazy. That, so. Like you look at like when they announced the people like Common. Like Common is so huge to the hip hop mm-hmm. hip hop legacy. And OK Go, like they still have you the most viewed music videos in the world. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's and they're coming. With the one that I'm years. sad that I I missed last year. I I, I didn't get to see it. Was Violent Films? Yeah. I've always been a huge Violent yeah. Films fan. My my uh, friend Greg went. He loved it. Yeah. Oh, I bet. And like, yeah, they're yes, yeah, so they're getting a lot of a lot of good things. But June third, Flowbots, man. Yeah, Flo-bots yeah, no, Flowbots yeah. again, Flaming Lips. Oh, yeah. 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 And less than Jake. I mean, worst case, they're still a good show. I've seen <laughs> sixteen times. Yeah. But uh, speaking of shows, we just got me and uh, buddy Mike Tronies. We just got our tickets for Die Antwoord. You know them? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go see them in Kansas City. Nice. Do you, you know who that, Mark? Yeah. You, you don't know who that, have you ever seen Chappie? The movie Chappie with the robot? Yeah. Remember the two crazy ones? The girl and the tall guy? Really weird when they steal the robot? No. Yeah, that, that's that. They, 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 they do a crazy, <laughs> crazy-ass... Uh, they're like electronic dubstep slash hip-hop, like weird African... Boombastic, oh man, they're freaking, they're freaking nuts, dude. They're crazy as shit. Together, those two make Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy, it's crazy shit. But uh, so yeah, June third, June fourth, um, right? June third, June fourth, June third yeah. and June fourth. Yeah, go hit, go hit it up and uh, Century Two downtown Wichita. Come on out with your Riverfest button and support it. Yeah, it's See it's the, important that we support it because again, it could be bigger and better next year. Oh, absolutely. You know? and it's it's one more everybody says there's nothing to do in Wichita and finally we've got like world-class restaurants and Alton Brown puts Wichita on a pedestal about, you know, the culinary scene in Wichita and I mean, this is just one more big thing for us to do. And I I, I hope to see a lot of people out there. Me too. I I I think it's it's going to be a stellar success. Yeah. Um I I have a good feeling in my bones and um I, and I think I, I have a good selection of vendors. I mean, it, there's still a lot more room to fill, but I mean, I think I've filled it with some very quality vendors. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yep. For sure. So, all right, man, with that, we'll, uh, we'll go right into the next, the next uh, thing we're going to talk about, which is your store. Well, the, my store is the Collectible Bulk, and it's located at the Village Flea Market. Um, I actually started this a long time ago. I started selling toys and comic books back in 1995. Um, I just never really opened up a storefront. I always did uh, weekend shows or flea markets. And I decided about four years ago that I should just go ahead and go forward with that. And um, what got me into collecting was when I was a kid, um, I wanted to collect something that would appreciate in value. And, of course, I grew to love the comics. and Because and, uh, I also I started four main collections. I started coins, stamps, baseball cards, and comic books. And um, I didn't start the toys until about the, the early 90s. And um, I remember my first comic book store I went into was Shadow Sanctum, if anyone here remembers that store. Yeah. It went away a long time ago. Um, Ivan was the guy that ran the store, and he was notorious for. And and there's always a mixed feeling on um, whether some people think I should have all comic books priced, and some people agree with my concept for not pricing most of the books. 
And here's here's the devil is in the details. The problem is Ivan, he would price his comic books, and then ten years later, it was the same price as when he first priced it because. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if any of you ever thought about pricing 10,000 or 30,000 comic books, but um, you don't want to do that every two years. <laughs> yeah. terrible, you, yeah. you just do not mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, you could walk into Ivan's store, find a comic book at for like four or five bucks. And this was back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And even uh, I think he was still even in business in the early 90s. But um, find a comic book that was priced back in the seventies. <laughs> pick five it bucks. up, pick it up for five bucks, and you're like, "Oh yeah!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, the smell of his store was just so iconic. Because who here loves the smell? I mean, like d- does anyone here? Sm- like, am I the only yeah. one? Am I crazy? No, no, no. Smell yeah. their comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smell. yeah, yeah. They, they smell like when I go into the only one I ever. Hell, I haven't been in there since me and you went in there, I think, was Prairie Dog. Prairie Dog. Mm-hmm. And it does have a distinct smell. Yeah. Just like when you go to, like, um, junk shops, you know, it has that distinct smell. Yeah. Like state sales. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. mothballs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, man. Like, I'll, uh, I'll pull out my old comics once in a while at my parents' house, and I'll crack a whiff, you know? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wife looks at me like I'm weird. I'm like, just... Like you know, like, okay. So you talk about comics. Goosebumps always had. A, I mean, books in general, but Goosebumps always had a smell to me too. Yeah, I remember the book fair, and I'd, I'd buy them in four, like the box of like each four installments, and I'd wrap, you know, rip off the plastic wrap and just flip that book and just smell it. And I was like, "What are you doing?" It smells like Goosebumps. Smells like Goosebumps. Yeah, like, leave me alone. I'm absorbing the material through osmosis. Right, right. And so, like, here's a, it's funny you talked about that. One thing I always tell people, and I get the weirdest looks is Ninja Turtles had a very distinct sweet smell when you yeah. open a brand new Ninja Turtle and this guy was walking through uh, I think it was like Toys R Us or somewhere and he's walking by and he's got his kid and he looks up at him and like that's awesome man you're raising the kid right because he had like the four turtles shredder like the first line of the new releases and he's like yeah man I'm not going to lie like I'm kind of excited to go home and look at these two and I said here's the, here's the, the million dollar question do you think they smell the same way they did when we were little and his eyes kind of glossed over he's like man they did have that smell <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those smells, man, that takes you back. Another one that, that takes you back is um, I grew up in, in, in my toy line when I was a kid was uh, the vintage Star Wars mm-hmm. people from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, as much as Hasbro would, has, has the toy line, they definitely did not use the same plastics because I right. used to love opening my Star Wars figures and. I, I don't know what it was. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I was hot for for that smell. Yeah, man. I was, yeah. I was the same with the turtles, man. I was a turtle hover. My name's Sean, and I'm a turtle hover. Uh, Star Wars hover. <laughs> okay, so talking about toy smells, and you uh, you guys probably know, but the He-Man Masters of the Universe Skunkore figure. Fucking <laughs> right? like really Skunkore. Yeah. You never smelled one? Uh-uh. Oh, man. You could pick one up today. And it would still smell. He, he was the one figure, and he was molded with some kind of scent or special rubber. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And he smelled like a skunk. 
He smelled just like a damn skunk. Like I'm making that at the toy at the toy factory. Right, right. Oh, yeah, that's probably the worst day like, ever. I fucking hate this line. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I'm quitting my job yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. It's Wednesday at Skunk or Day. That's crazy. I never knew that. That's yeah. funny. But here's what's funny is there is a perfume, and it's like an old lady perfume. It's not, that's not quite PC, <laughs> but there's this one smell, and when this lady walks, or when a woman walks by wearing this one perfume, it's like Saturday morning. I'm I've got Castle Grayskull and Fruit Loops, and I'm watching like Ninja Turtles on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and it just smells just like skunk or every time. Do you, do you, yeah. Did you see her often? No, I mean it's it's a lot of. There goes skunk it's, or. It's, it's here goes old skunk or. No, it's it's. Yeah, I meant to say it's that one smell. It's one perfume that a lot of old ladies wear, elderly women wear, and uh, it it's smells like, uh, it smells just like skunk or. What's that Anchorman, that Black Panther? Or what? <laughs> it smells like Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, and if you pick one up, if you go to the garage sale and you find one, it still smells. It's not as strong, but it still has that that faint skunk smell. Yeah. Too. So that was the best part about going to T Rex. Is you mm-hmm. know you were like taking pictures of all the Ghostbuster toys, but when I got there, you were smelling all He-Man. No, the, he has that fucking whole case of He-Man. He had like the Castle Grey yeah. School that was the carrying case, and I'm just sitting there like, dude, this brings back like garage because we went to a garage sale me and my dad one year, and somebody actually had that whole set inside grass mm-hmm. uh, the Castle Grey School for sale. We picked it up for like five bucks, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'll get them for like ever. goodbye. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, and and growing up, being a child of the '70s, I mean, I mean, there were other things that influenced me too, like uh, Bruce, the Bruce Lee movies. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite cartoons were, were Hong Kong Fui and Thundar the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loved Thundar the Barbarian and the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So what? Uh, so with with your store, you do you do comics, toys, everything? I do comics, toys, and um, some of the the collectible card games okay, like cool. uh, Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon. I have some Magic. I wish I had more, but my my. Uh, my stock on that is a little limited because it's it's all based on what people bring me for for trade or purchase, and not a lot of people bring magic. So okay, cool. Well, that's cool. So yeah, you can check out his store in um, the Village Street Market, which is uh, what Meridian and uh, twenty three oh one South Meridian, and then the intersection of what Pawnee and Meridian. Pawnee and yep. Meridian. Yep. So are you there? Five days a week. They're only open three days. Okay. They're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm there. Uh, this, the The building opens up from ten to six on Friday and Saturday, and ten to five on Sunday. I tend to get, I, I'm always there till close, but I tend to get there about maybe eleven ish. Right. Right. So awesome. that's why I want to specify because I know typically it's not like a Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. I gig, wish it so. was, but right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. A lot of the vendors have actual jobs outside of doing this yeah, on the weekend, yeah, yeah. so it makes it hard to open up for a full week. Right. Yep. Right. It's sink and swim some days. Yeah. It's feast and famine. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. Definitely. And then uh, so yeah, like so check out his store and uh, you know it's good good stuff and. Come in there and say that you listen to the show and to strike up a conversation. Yeah, and he grades his comics good. So, <laughs> so what? I mean, what is it about toys that that makes you want to sell toys and collect toys? Um, you know, it really started when I in '95 when I first started doing this as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed more than just a few boxes of comics, so I broke out my personal collection of Star Wars toys, mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, it, it just sort of... I, I gave up what I loved to sell, and so now I love it all. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, well put. 
we live I think we live in like a, a time where it's it's cool to like stuff like that again yeah. you know our parents at, at our age I don't think they could like that stuff they were all you know working nine to fives and, yeah. yeah 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 and we're, we're lucky we're fortunate to be they're kind of still age. like that too I mean they are yeah, yeah they are but I mean we're, we're lucky enough to live in a day and age where it's okay we don't we, we have to grow up but we don't have to give up everything you know yeah. so it's, it's still okay to have like like I see your muck man over there uh yeah, it's mates. killing me sitting behind us. I'm like, oh, get through these boxes <laughs> this, so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this, dude, yeah. It's a Playmates TMNT uh, Muckman figure, and it's funny because like I keep up on the TMNT figures. I don't buy any of them, the new ones, but I know currently the new Muckman is one of the hardest oh, action figures to my find. God, I want this. <laughs> you saw that? Oh, awesome. holy shit! Yeah, do you know what that goes for? On I bet eBay? it goes a lot of <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. I'm looking at a Labyrinth Cult Classics. Action figure in the in the of box. David Bowie's character. Yeah, Speaking of which, we I was just watching that before we came over here. Really? Yeah. yeah. <coughs> I was surprised when. Holy I this shit! One he out. has the bulge too. He's got the bulge. Yeah. The David Bowie oh, bulge. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like it's 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 so not the the end of the world to to freak out about something like that. Just now, you saw that you saw David Bowie's package. And you were like, I have to collect that. But I mean, we live we live in a day and age where that's that's it's, it's cool to like stuff like yep. that. I mean, not everybody does, but I mean, like I still I still peruse toy aisles when, when I go into stores. I still kind of like look and see what Marvel Legends figures out now, or what build a figure there is, or what Ninja Turtle there is. So, I mean, that, that's awesome. I think it's cool. And, and people like you give people the opportunity to come in and they can actually buy something they had. Maybe not yeah. a pack. Do you sell loose figs too? I do. Right. So, I mean, you can come in and just have that one little thing. And maybe it goes on their desk at work or maybe like they're going to give it to a kid or maybe they just take it home and throw it in a tub and they never look at it a second time. But you're giving them a chance to relive. And I think that's why we collect toys is just to, to connect back to that part of our childhood. It, it drives a... Uh I know I know it drives my, my co-host Brady nuts, but I take all mine out of the packages. Yeah, yeah. I, I always do. I've always been that way. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't do it. Like, um, I'll do my legend figures. All my Marvel Legends are out of the package, so I can. Is kind that of, the one like the Magneto one? Yeah, so I can yeah. pose however I want to pose it. But then like uh, the pop vinyls or the Mighty Mugs. I leave all those in the package. So. See, that's the thing with the, the most the, mass-produced crap you leave in the package. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was to say, like, because like Brady has like he has tons and tons of pop pop vinyls, and like he, he has some of the exclusives. The exclusives I can understand. Right, right, right. right. You're chasing these, like, you keep in the package. Like right. these ones that are just like a dime a dozen. I'm like, right, right, dude, come on. But see, like I ran into that too. Like my my jam. I I gotta shamelessly promote my tattoo. And you hopefully you know what that is, right? Uh, yes. Perfect. Okay. Um, so the the one it's pop Star Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that had John Luke Picard, right? And uh, yeah, and so the the one pop vinyl I wanted out of all of them was Trigger. the Mars Attacks oh, one, yeah. right? And it was it was like one of their very first runs they ever made because they had like a couple of like classic movie characters, and so it's not. I don't think it's in print anymore, and I wanted it so bad, and so my wife um, she found one on eBay and bought it for me, like fifty bucks, more than I would have paid because I don't spend a lot of money on stuff, and she. Knew I wouldn't, so she got it for me. And it sat in the box for like two or three months, and finally I just said, screw it. Like, Oh, you I... did take it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I kept the box, though. Yeah. I have two boxes for two pops. I have a stupid amount of pops, more than I want. I like put 30 of them. He like, always says, oh, I'm going to get another one, but he'll, <laughs> he'll come out with another line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I look at them. Trust me, I look at them. I don't, I don't buy them, but... Uh, I like, did you, but do you buy a Rick and Morty one at all? No, man, because mm. that's the thing. Like, if I bought one, I would... I mean, I don't think I want all of them. I, want, I would like a Rick and a Morty, but I'm sure there's going to be some other collectible somewhere. Yeah, Rick and Morty, a little yeah. bit better than Pops. Because my thing is like their eyeballs. Yeah, I, I get it that like the big white eyeballs are the classic look, but like 
every once in a while they'll put one out and it has like the pupil or some kind of thing. And like right. the Rick and Morty's, they didn't do it. Like, they're just stark black balls. Yeah. And it should have been the white with the little star in the middle of it. And just they didn't like do the, it. So. Just, just like the, the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've, I've got two pops. I mean, all of mine are out of the boxes. I still kept two boxes. One is the uh, the Martian, the Mars Attacks Martian. The other one is um, my wife got me the, the Comic-Con exclusive of... Hannibal from the Hannibal TV series. Oh, nice! And he's got a blood splatter across the front. He's wearing like you know the nice suit. He's got the knife in his hand. That was a really well done series. It was fantastic. Oh, it was yeah. amazing. We could have a whole other four hours about talking about. Oh that yeah, show. you haven't yeah. watched all of it, right? Speaking of which, my Hannibal season season two. Uh huh. So I'm okay. all the way kind of did your do you, did your Hannibal? Do you have your Hannibal out of the package? Yeah. 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 Does he fall over a lot? Mine he, always he falls over. Yeah, He's the he only does. one of my pops that will fall they were, over. They were pretty, I mean, they're cool, but they're a bad mold because they have really tiny feet. Yeah. And they didn't mold them properly to stand. Like my Will Graham, he's like standing there. I have the one that has the, the gun. And I have to have him leaned up against the back of the computer desk. Because I'll walk <laughs> in the room and he's like, thud. Like, damn it, Will. Stand up for once. I want you to draw a clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, I still have the boxes for both of those because I ever want them. And the sticker, the Comic-Con sticker, has been peeled up and kind of, like, creased on the one. But I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why do I have them? If I don't take them out of the box, why do I really have these mm-hmm. things? So I did keep the boxes, just in case. Speaking of Mars Attacks, though, I, that's one one collectible I never did get for myself that I really, really wish that I had. Yeah. Um, remember when they came out with that issue? I think it was an issue number one for the comic, and it had 51 different covers. Yeah. Denoting each... Of the cards that Tops produced, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Didn't, I, some, didn't they have some of them at Prairie Dog when you showed me them once? The one yeah, time? Well, I wanted a whole set of those. Yeah, and that, that's the comics, right? It's yeah. not the cards; it's the comics. Yeah, so like, pressing on <laughs> we were like, if you imagine like just hardcore like tweakers. <laughs> And like these, like two guys get some. This is really bad. So two guys get some meth. They go to their house and they start cutting it up and cooking it up. But we were like that with the Mars Attacks yeah. cards, man. Like we'd call each other up, and be like, "Hey, man, a brand new unopened box. They've got one at like Target, <laughs> and it's going to be like thirty bucks, man. Has these? Yeah, has these. So like we we'd buy unopened boxes nice. and just sit there and just trade them back and forth. We can trade them. We each we each got almost a complete set. But I got yeah. fucked so hard. Yeah, so I put over the barrel. We uh, so. We're, we're both big Mars Attacks fans, and I was actually, this is probably the first time I actually talked to you or met you in person. I was working at his store with him, and we were just kind of like shooting the shit um, all day long, and we, we got talking about these like Mars Attacks, like, you know, the movie, you know, his grandma was an extra in it, and we're going through all these things, and he's like, you know, they, they got this, this card line out, and then I'm just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go buy like four or five packs real quick. <laughs> and like, I open up, I open up, <laughs> I open one up. Best friends. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And uh, so the, the the cool thing about that that series is that when they reissued it, that uh, they had these blank cards, and it was one of one, and they gave them to artists all around the world, and they said, here, yeah. just do a sketch card for us. And uh-huh. so the first one I opened, I had this really kick-ass sketch card, Beauty and the Beast, so it's where the aliens bust through the window, and it, you know, kind of like the old Brad from... Uh, yeah, yeah, the pop. Yeah. yeah, yeah the pop and art, yeah. Uh, so... Aliens busting through, like, the window, and he's, gra- he's got the, the blonde. buxom blonde, you know the overly large breasts and he's grabbing her from behind and what each box got one sketch card so you had like a one in 20 chance of getting a sketch card and i'd bought probably like 15 packages and never yeah. got one so we uh, we split a box because now that i got this sketch card i'm just like fuck it i don't really care i just want to you know uh, finish the rest of the normal set uh-huh. so i'm like dude let's just split a box and i'm like sketch card yours and so he's like all excited um he buys it and then the next day we meet each other we're covering a store together so we're both up at this newton store and we're sitting there and we're like going through and we're 
we're going through them, and he's like, "You just let me know if you find the sketch car." And we'd like what done half and half, maybe? Yeah, we, we split them, the, split the packages in half with the idea that like we're going to finish our our own respective one through fifty collection, and then the sketch card's mine. And we're down to the last package, and it's like uh, Chevy Chase on Christmas vacation. <laughs> I've got the envelope, guys. I've got the envelope, and I'm ripping it open. And I look through it, and I got boned. That box didn't have a sketch card. He's like, "Are you sure you didn't get it?" And we're yeah. like sitting yeah. here going through the pile. I'm going through his pile. He's going through my pile back and forth. Supposed to have one. He's supposed to have one. Supposed to have one. Guaranteed one, one, at least one per box of unopened boxes. So he calls tops and he's yeah. Them. yeah, I'm not taking this sitting down. So I call tops. <laughs> oh, really? And I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk. <laughs> fucking no right? rage. <laughs> just wait till the end. I, uh, Sean will forever get on the phone and fucking bitch the customer service. <laughs> yeah, it will. Yeah, that's what he wants. Passion of mine. So anyway, I call tops. I'm like, hey, check it out. I got an unopened box. So like, are you sure it's unopened? I'm like, yeah. Um, in hindsight. We'll come back to that because it may not have been unopened person. Oh no! <laughs> um, I th- I, okay, so I think what happened was Target. I called Target. I'm like, "Hey, do you have any of the Mars Thanks cards?" Like, "Yeah." Okay, each box has 20 packs. Do you have an unopened box? Yeah. Okay, let me specify, ma'am. Unopened, right? Like it's not been it's not been opened. Yeah, sure, I got one. I think what she did is took two boxes and combined them together to make one full box in air quotes. So like, I call up Toss. I'm like, "Look, I got this box. It's unopened. Are you sure? Yes." And I didn't get a sketch card. Okay, if you're sure, sir, I need you to take a picture. You need to scan like the barcode on the box of the box give us three different barcodes for three different empty packages and I went through like hoops fill out this form mail it all into us and we'll ship you back a card in, in like four to six weeks so when the the card finally comes again Chevy Chase I'm sitting there and I'm like alright guys here it is and I rip open the package and I open it up and if it's not the most it's like they gave a colored pencil to like a five year old and said hey draw something and it's like not even half of this alien's face and like these triangles up in the sky and what it was is like this one artist because they, they give like 20 blanks to an artist <laughs> yeah it's, it's, oh god because I'm like yeah I'm the guy that got screwed I'm going to get one better than Preston's because Preston's is like drawn like Sharpies it's really fucking slick and I'm like oh, I'm going to get a cool one and check this out I open it up and it's like black colored pencil on a white card and what this one artist what a couple did was they took their concept and they draw it like really quick and then they'd ship these stupid things out because it's probably like I gotta make 20 of these to do tomorrow at like 6 in the morning so he had like the one artist had like two like really awesome ones and then a ton of like just quick sketches and I got one of his douchey little quick sketches oh man <laughs> I got bone so hard it'd been so cooler if like the artist like let his grandkids or kids yeah. do one you know like yeah I know then it'd be cooler but if it was just like some just like <sighs> I even I emailed the artist and not, 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 God, not, 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 not to complain, not to complain, because I thought it was just so funny the way the universe just bit me over the barrel a second time. I, I, emailed, I emailed him like, "Hey, man, I just want to talk to you and say, hey, I got one of your sketch cards, and you know, as, a, as an illustrator myself, I just want to reach out to the artist and say thanks a lot. I appreciate what you did." And he's like, "Cool, man, thanks." <laughs> That's his reply. I got like these like two paragraphs about this. Like, I looked up his work. I commented oh, on man. all the work he did. That's war- that's, that's he's so just terrible. Like, right on, man, thanks. <laughs> But yeah, you and, uh, oh, God, yeah, what a yeah. It, was, it was a it was funny. <clears throat> She'd be like, "All right, well, uh, actually, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. I went through so much hoops." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I did try to make I up for it, so I did yeah, order yeah. you a nice cat one. Yeah, and Preston went on this whale hunt on eBay, just buying sketch yeah. cards up, individual sketch cards, yeah. and like we had. I think what do they go for a piece? Uh, anywhere from like five to three, four hundred bucks, depending yeah. on who the artist is. Wow. Really nice ones. It's like anything else in the aftermarket. You get yeah. it and you resell it for stupid amounts of money and people yeah. buy it because it's worth that to them so like we had, I think we we had just lost one of our we just lost Samson that big white cat we had and we just got Sully and then Preston's like hey man I got you this card to celebrate your new kitten and it's like a 
I think it's like a cat, like this, like a black and white drawing of a cat, and then behind it's like the eyes and the helmet of the alien looking behind the cat. The cat's like these huge big eyes. So really that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's tight. So. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, I mean, with with that, we're kind of talking about aliens. Let's go right into some paranormal stuff. Um, I'll let you let, let you hit. Yeah, this up. yeah. Um, as as it unfolds, you're kind of into that same wheelhouse too, right? I so am. Tells me. Yeah. So, uh, I don't. I don't mean, Where do we start? Well. Um, so you have a podcast for paranormal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Do you guys ever think about in actual infield investigation? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. With you. Um, we we have a little bit. Um, well, here's what what I have always been into. I research. I, I consider myself a novice vampirologist. There you go. Good. I research well people that think they are vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the early nineties, I I and I had to have a cool name. <laughs> yes. I came up with Mavic. I am an uh, agent of Mavic, uh, the Mid American Vampires Interest Consortium. <laughs> I like consortium. It's awesome. I had to make Mavic work. So, and this is a book, what I have here is a book called Vampires Are, and it's a very rare book to come across because it usually goes out of print. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's written by Carol Kane, as told her by Dr. Stephen Kaplan. Dr. Stephen Kaplan ran the Vampires Research Center in Elmhurst, New York. Um, I've actually been on the phone with him back oh, wow. in the 90s. Talk to him for a little bit. One of the vampires he talks about in this book, he named Elizabeth. And supposedly she was born in the, I believe, the 1500s. But I believe it's chapter 5 that talks about her. Um, it's always been an interest of mine. For example, um, I mean, I don't know how, how much information you gentlemen know about vampires. But there are multiple ways that people could become a vampire. Right. Um, depending on what you did in life, what your occupation was. Were you a Mm -hmm. thief? Mm -hmm. Oh, good. You're going to be a vampire when you die. (laughs) Um, Sometimes it was the ritual of your death, which is why different cultures had different customs. Like in northern Germany, they would have to remove your name from your clothing and bury you face down. Mm -hmm. And what I've always found fascinating and interesting is that everything that we do for death today in burial that we consider, well, we're just respecting, you know, we love our, our dearly beloved that just departed this earth. It all comes and stems from fear of coming back to life. Right. The the from the the headstone to the the covering the casket covering to the wake. Mm-hmm. Um. But and actually speaking of, now, of course, prior to Bram Stoker, vampires were considered to be like this rotting corpse that was going to cause you harm or right. being malevolent ma- malevolent like uh, the Greek vampire never actually sucked blood he was just a mischievous corpse that went around oh, okay. stealing pies knocking over <laughs> barrels <laughs> I love it I love it okay, yeah, yeah. I love me some pies is that, a barrel? Is that an upright barrel <laughs> <laughs> gotta uh, rock it over <laughs> not in my house <laughs> but I mean 
a lot there there have always been some speculation as to where Bram Stoker got some of his ideas right. and what uh, one of the ideas of the wolf I don't know if you are aware is that the um, the Romanians believe that a werewolf upon death would then become a vampire really Yes, and so there are some that speculate that that is where Bram Stoker got the idea. Now, the only place that in in folkloric vampirism that can be tied to the bat is um, there's an an ancient. Um, the Orientals believe that anything animate that goes over your head, whether it's a flickering candle flame or whether it's a bird that flies, if something animate goes over your head you would become a vampire upon death. And in one particular story in the Orient, a bat flew over someone's head and they became, they became right, quote, right. Air, quotes, air quotes, a vampire. Uh-huh. Um, so what would they do today with birds and airplanes? They fly over our heads all day long. Yeah, yeah. It's well, like Oprah. You're a vampire, and you're a vampire, <laughs> and you're a vampire. <laughs> right, well, now we're all vampires. There so, we go, yeah, yeah, there we go. Um... So, questions? Yeah, um, that book, that's what fascinates me. How old is that book? It's not very old. I've, lo- I've owned it four times, four or five times in my life, and I've loaned it out, and okay. it never comes right. back home. 84, I think? 84. Mm-hmm. So, it's a little bit old. Um, there's another book, I don't remember the name of it, but... Um, one of the uh, in the back, one of the prefaces for one of the stories is Doctor Kaplan, and the vampire's name, the vampiress's name is Countess Misty, and I I'm really good at tracking people down because mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't know is if you know an address, you can call a public library and reverse look up. Oh really? The address and get oh. the phone number. Um, wow. Yeah, thank you. You must have been a barrel kicker in another life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually tracked her down, and I was in contact with her for a little while, and mm-hmm. she's interesting. She substantiates her own belief in herself as a vampire, based on whether or not the people that surround her believe she is a vampire. Hmm, that's interesting. That borderline's kind of your your blood vampire versus your psychic vampire in a way. I mean, she, yeah. she cannot be unless people believe in her. Now, that's something else, too. Psychic mm-hmm. vampire. So, right. I, I mean, there's definitely cases about things that involve that. I, I mean, the the human spirit, the, 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 um, the energy that we all emit mm-hmm. can definitely be harnessed and used in, in such a fashion as to drain. Right, right. It's like those damn astral spiders that we talked about the one episode <laughs> right. that a lot of people say that the the reason why they appear, you know, at night when you wake up and you're um, suffering from paralysis, you'll see like these little, you know, spider like creatures, little scuddlers, what they call them in England, and that they're there because they're draining your astral form. And uh, we've talked about them on the show before, and have you know, some good personal stories about dealing with those bastards. But uh, 
I don't know if if uh, I don't I can't remember what the disease is called, but it was really prevalent in like the late 1800s, maybe early 1900s, where people um, and it affected a wide range, like a wide group of people. So it wasn't just like the elderly, but you would have uh, people. Is it um, porphyria? Yeah, where they would yeah. they the 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 porphyria would pronounce them dead, so they would have a very low heart rate. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, they, you couldn't tell that they were breathing. They were very cold to the touch. And they would just be in a, a state of paralysis, and they couldn't move. They, they were almost like in a, a short coma. Right. And uh, they would go ahead and they would bury these people. And then during that time period, you would have a lot of above-ground burials. So you would have people that would just be in these, you know, mausoleums and things like that. And, you know, the grave diggers would walk by four or five days later, and you hear somebody banging on the, the coffin. And they open it up, and there's this person. And they're like, holy shit, it's a vampire. And then they would just stay <laughs> <in the laughs> Right, because, right, I mean, like, you, yeah, they would come back because they're kind of in a very slow low That's crazy. Of, yeah, yeah of stasis. So, like, the skin would get really thin, paper thin, and, yeah. of course, blood vessels. And as the skin starts to peel back on the fingers, that's classic signs of a, quote, vampire, because the fingernails are now long, and the gums are diseased, and they start to recess back. So to the layman who opens up the front door, you know, yeah. to your cottage, you just see Aunt Myrtle, and she's like, hey! And you're like, oh, God! She's gonna steal my pies! <laughs> and actually, the, the term vampire did not come into the English language until... Seven, I believe 1732 um, when some English doctors had heard about um, this supposed vampire r- uprise in this town mm-hmm. far away so they went to go and investigate and that's when they exhumed some bodies and they um, they, they, they noted you know the right, when, right. When, when the hammer was caved through the chest mm-hmm, and of mm-hmm. course you know at that time not a lot of information was known about the state of decomposition right 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 yeah it's just a buildup of gas essentially yeah, yeah. And, and really honestly depending on where we're buried also determines the rate at which we decay. I mean, right, right. If, what kind of bacteria is in the soil mm-hmm. uh, so I mean it, the temperature so I mean, there's all these different factors that that lead up to. Oh, look! It has fresh skin in it, and it, and it moaned when I when right, I started right, hammering yeah. into its chest. Yeah, and, and that's funny. You mentioned that because that's the classic in the in the vampire movies. Whenever you stake a vampire, he always goes, ah! and that's mm-hmm. how he died. And that came from that little, not quite a death rattle, but just like you know, the, the bodies, the air leaving the bodies. So that's right. That's awesome. So, so what do you think about like modern day quote vampirism as far as like? I I think that there is a. That there is truth behind every legend and lore. Right. Um, now, whether or not that means there's an actual vampire somewhere out, out there, I mean, it would it would tend to make sense. Here's what makes sense to me. It would make sense to me that if there were vampires out there, that they would propagate a falsehood as to their myth. Mm-hmm. For example... Well, yeah, vampires, they don't cast reflections in mirrors. And, oh, vampires, uh, they, they burn in the sunlight. Right. You would want to propagate those misconceptions because then it would be easy to prove you're not a vampire by going, see, look, I cast a reflection. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> you reminded me of uh, Fright Night. Yeah. 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 Oh, Love, love that, love that movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of yes. all time, man. But, yeah, you're right. Not 2, though. 2, two was not good. <laughs> 2 is worth watching, but... 
Don't get your hopes. No. <laughs> yeah, no, one was the best. And the remakes, too. I, I thought the remake was okay, and then there was a sequel to the remake, which was basically a retelling of the remake. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's... that's what... Yeah, so, I mean, I think that the that if there are vampires out there, they would want to propagate mm-hmm. the, the misconception of, the, of, of their nature. And also, I don't think that there would be a lot of them. I think that they would control their numbers. I'm not... I'm, I don't believe that they would ravage the earth because, mm-hmm. again, I mean, it'd be like overpopulation, which, let's face it, we as humans, we are getting to that point where mm-hmm. we're having an overpopulation problem. Right. Um, we're going to eventually come to a problem where we're like, well, do we have enough cattle? Mm-hmm. Now, the vampires will be fine. There'll be plenty of us. <laughs> yeah, right. We're their right. cattle. We what was the that cattle. movie? Uh, was it Daybreakers? Yeah. yeah where yeah. they have, like, there's no people left, so they make, like, the, they make, like blood blood farms or whatever? Yeah, yeah, they have the blood farms. <laughs> yeah. I think, in my personal opinion, just kind of spitballing things out there, I, I'm a firm be- For example, in magic, they say everything has an aura. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. In science, they say everything has an energy field because of the electron microscope. Mm-hmm. We know this to be true. Right. In religion, they say everything has a soul. Well, yeah. Right, right, yeah. For lack of better, sure. So, to me, it's a pill bug is a roly poly is a sow bug. They're uh-huh. all the same thing. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah, tomatoes, tomatoes. I think what has happened, because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in evolution ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny Mm -hmm. which translates to um evolution repeats itself in the mother's womb we all start out with gills right right right, yeah yeah. um i believe that vampirism might be caused by a virus Mm -hmm. an ancient virus which has since branched off into other Mutations? Mutations. Like maybe if you took rabies and malaria and mixed it together, you might come close to the correct, uh, to the original ancient virus. Mm -hmm. Kind of because, you know, you you look at the tarpon, which is the the original, before the horse. It, Mm -hmm. It eventually became the horse. And if man and ape had a common ancestor. So I, I think that there used to be a virus. Right. And... The only way this virus is now transmitted is through the bite of the vampire. Do I believe there are vampires out there? Yes. Do I believe that there's a lot of them? Yeah, no, there's not a lot of them. Right. <laughs> right, because like you say, yeah, there'd be clans and covens and yeah. whatever they call houses and whatnot. So so what's your take? So you I mean you talked about it earlier propagating and, and changing that myth a little bit. What do you think about the modern day take on vampirism with um how do you want to put it? Well, like bloodletting. I mean, what do you think about that? You've got modern-day people who they don't have fangs. They don't attack people in, in alleyways. They're not killing prostitutes, you know, in England. But they are finding subjects who will basically submit themselves for the draining and, and consuming of blood. What do you think about that? Is that is that a real vampire situation? Or is this somebody just wanting to alter the, the lore so much that they're like, I'm still a vampire. I don't do all that weird shit. But I drink a little bit of blood. I do that weird shit. <laughs> I um, it's been a while since I've read this book, mm-hmm. but since this, as I said, um, Carol Kane wrote this book as told to her by Doctor Stephen Kaplan, mm-hmm. um, and just even being on the phone with Doctor Kaplan, um, they have a series of questions and uh, to run the person through, at, and they determine whether they consider them a real vampire or a pseudo vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and really one of the major questions is do you need blood or desire blood right um and i think unfortunately most of the people that do the bloodletting just simply desire it mm -hmm. i mean we would need to do further testing and this is in field investigation where we we would need to do genetic testing on them see if there's there's a difference in their genetics that mm -hmm. that somehow alters them so that they live longer um like for example with elizabeth what he did in right. chapter five right. is is and i thought this was the strangest part if you read this book what you eventually learned that happened with elizabeth is she she called in one day i think in 1976 mm -hmm. gave him this story and then ended the call she called maybe a couple of months later and they tried. They went back and they re-asked her certain questions, expecting her to give different answers. But uh, she always gave the same answers. She was true to her story. Every true time. to her story every uh, time. Finally, oh, that's still not just proof enough. They had to. They they wanted her to send them some samplings, like maybe maybe a mold of her dental, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, maybe some blood, so that they they could test it. And they did finally get something. But not before it had bounced around multiple, multiple, uh, multiple post offices across the United States. Oh, really? And finally ended up at their doorstep. So, what's the reason for the uh, the multiple post office? You know, the the change. For of one, hands. it's hard to track someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to really do a lot of backtracking. You're mm -hmm. going. You're. I mean, you're going all over the U.S. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can't. You can't track someone. Through a library, through post office, right? Right. You'd have, yeah. That that's there's no way to reverse look up that. Mm -hmm. Okay. You would have so, to travel to. Uh, you'd have to call that that post office and find out what the other post office was, and oh, then okay. call the other post. So office. that wasn't a malicious. Somebody's intercepting the sample and contaminating it. That's that was her basically um, preserving her anonymity. Then, yes. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Yes. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. I thought we were going to go in a different direction of like, well, yeah, went to this one and then it got lost over at this one and got to that one and then we got the blood sample. No. It was it, the, the only thing that they could determine was that, that this had been done on purpose okay. to preserve her anonymity. Gotcha. She was working that hard to just protect herself. And, and, yeah. Okay. Which only gave her more credibility. And they I mean, could and, never find a, a, a punch hole in her story. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it adds to the allure as well. Yeah. Like, well, why are you trying to protect yourself? You're going to a lot of different resources just to protect that lie if indeed, you know, that's what yeah. it was. So that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, I was looking up vampires a while back about old-timey versus like the, the new age fad, so to speak, and it's interesting because you had the people and they don't have the fangs. They say they don't have them or they can they don't have to produce them but they still have to have blood. And what's interesting about these people is the, the circumstances and the links they go through to get the blood and there's so if you're a vampire and you want to have a, a source because every six weeks you need to have two ounces of blood just to sustain yourself so you would you would hold interviews and you'd have people come in and you'd interview them psychologically and there'd be a, this great grand process and then after I passed you passed stage one then you would have to go on and have your blood tested for disease and you'd have to be the perfect type and then after all these certain circumstances were done a physical um, other disease testing STDs I you would come to my house or I'd come to your house and you would take a razor and you would cut like a quarter inch slip on mm -hmm. my shoulder blade yeah. and you would drip that into a chalice and you drink like two ounces and then you put a steri strip on there and patch them up they'd go about their business 
and it's these people saying that that's all the blood they need to sustain their vampirism, but then not it's not enough blood to make them go into like a rage to where now they have to be a night stalker and you know go mutilate cattle and attack livestock and stuff. So it's it's interesting, and like you said earlier, it makes you wonder if if indeed that is the evolution of the vampire. Or if it's just people wanting so bad to be a vampire, but blood's also icky. I don't want to go drink a bunch of blood, but if I could just choke down, you know, a couple, a couple of teaspoons of this girl's blood, then maybe she'll believe me. Just you know, a taste. So, just a taste. But yeah, it's it's quite interesting, and I found it to be really neat that the the what would you call them the subjects or the blood letters are just as revered as the vampires. They're almost now in a subclass of their own. <coughs> you're, yeah. you're, you can consider yourself a vampire, and you don't even have to drink blood anymore. You could just be the the source for another, yeah. the familiar essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff. So, so where, yeah, I mean, why, why were you looking so deeply into this vampire stuff? I, I've always, I've always been interested mm-hmm. in, in that as a, uh, as a, uh, source of study. Mm-hmm. I, I find things of, of lore and legend like this to be fascinating. I, I have an equal fascination with, with werewolves, mm-hmm. although I've taken mm-hmm. more of a shine towards uh, vampires. I remember when I was uh, about eight years old, there was a book in my school's library, and it was about werewolves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And so I started reading it. And there was a, a, there was a story, and it's supposedly about true stories that actually happened. Right. And that's just what really got me was they, they talked about this uh, this story of where this where, this wolf was plaguing this local village, you know, killing off the livestock and and so the the villagers got together, they hunted the wolf down, they trapped it, they cut off one of its front paws mm-hmm. and the wolf managed to escape. The next day the slave woman showed up to her master's house missing the same arm. I think I've read that story. <laughs> that was wild. Right, right. Part right. of your mind when you were a kid, huh? Yeah. Like, now, in the in the rendition you read, is, the, is the, the wolf's leg that got cut off the paw, does it turn back into a human hand as well? Did it, did it ever get I, to I, did, I, I don't remember right, right, what right. the story said. Right. I just remember being more fascinated with the whole, whoa! That's funny you mentioned that because I was the same way. And maybe we all were like when I was in grade school. I wasn't the kid who was reading like The Giver and Catcher in the Rye. I was the one like in the very back corner of the library, like grabbing the books that like they had been checked out for ten years or more. And it was like true UFO stories, true alien yeah, stories, the Loch Ness monster, vampires, werewolves, and. Yeah, I was that kid who was in the back corner, and every time the librarian would say, well, no one's checked this out since 1987, and let me know what you think. And I'd come running back, like, that was really good. What else you got? And, yeah. <laughs> which is equal parts cool so and also... you them, uh, <laughs> them uh, alien books? But, yeah. Yeah. So are you... I mean, do you continue studies into this? or are you I, I haven't in a long time, mm-hmm. but now that I know that there's a paranormal group, if you guys ever want to do infield study, um, I'm, I am I, I love the idea of ghosts. Yeah. And yeah. I'd love to hook up and be a part of it. Cool. cool. We, we laughed earlier because you, you had said you guys do any infield studies, and I like to describe it as extreme amateur yeah. ghost hunting. But yeah, when yeah. Preston and I had, had met... We hit it off really well because at first it went to like just colleagues at work, and then uh, 
I think it starts somehow we start talking about toys eventually when the ice got broken. I'm like, man, you know my my white whale has always been the Marvel Legends juggernaut action figure. It's funny how all this relates to this one podcast. I always wanted to find this one Marvel Legends because you'd said like, oh yeah, you know they pitted them out and I bought like. 15 or 30 yeah. of them. I'm like, man, bet you don't have the one I'm looking for. The one I want so bad is that juggernaut that has the removable helmet. And I went to like Toys R Us after Toys R Us. Every time we went to a different city, I'd go looking for it, never found it. And you're just like, I got two of them. Want one? <laughs> and so I ended up giving you like a stack of some of the uh, the 94 X Men cards you were looking yeah. for. And you gave me like this bag full of these Marvel Legends figures. But then like a couple days later, he's like, yeah, you know, I was, we talk about paranormal stuff. And he's like, yeah, I've got a ghost box. And I got this and I got this and I got this. So like we've gone out and done yeah. some some hunting and nice. stuff. So yeah. I want to do that too because I've never experienced anything paranormal whatsoever. I believe in it. I believe in stuff like that. But I just. Uh, we we actually have always believed there's a ghost in our house but we it's never really done anything around me um i i don't know why but honestly ghosts seem to shy away from me yeah they i don't know i don't know why <laughs> they just never do any, any kind of incense whatsoever yeah but i have had something weird kind of happen to me i've been telling you about the ouija boards right huh. the garage sales no every single weekend i've been going, i go to garage sales every single season i only, I only do city-wise i don't mess with just like driving down hillside and seeing a yeah. sign. Sometimes I'll stop if it's on my way home, but I don't go out of my way to go to garage sales. But I'll do citywides. Every single citywide this season, I have found a Ouija board at, uh, every single weekend. And then... Uh, Plan shed and everything? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Everything. It'll either be in the box or it'll just be like by itself with like shrink wrap around it, you know, <laughs> so keep it together. With instant shrink Keep it from moving. Chains. Uh, like, uh, me now. So, like, yeah, I took, I took him. Every time I go there, I always give my dad shit because my dad's like really. Dad's really big into his faith and stuff. And, and uh, so I'm like, oh, there's another Ouija board. We got to get it. And then, like, I'll tell him, I'll be like, I'll be like, like, I. I was like, I should buy a couple of these, and then he's like, You're not, you're not buying them around you. You're not buying them around you. And then I was like, Now I want to buy it so I can just put it on Sean's doorstep. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, how cool would it be if we could do like an infield study of ghost or an infield study of of a maybe werewolf mm-hmm. if we could mm-hmm. find one? It'd be interesting because like our whole the, the fence that we always straddle doing our show is like I always describe it as like three just three idiots kind of burping into a microphone, but like. We think this whole thing, and maybe I'm speaking for me, I think I'm speaking for everybody, we think it's equal parts, like, true stories and just batshit crazy. Yeah. So that's what's fun. Like, the book you've got there, that's what's cool about that, is that story about the, she's from the 15th century, right? And she's a vampire. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, right, lady. But then the story starts to connect, and that's what we really enjoy is, like, we love the batshit stories. Like, our last episode was about Stardust <laughs> Ranch, and it was great because you still hadn't researched it, and we're getting into it. Oh, nice, nice thing is I have it highlighted. Yeah, that's how you know you're serious, is you highlight your own books. I've been doing that too, and it feels good, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Dirty, yeah. What, what sucks is when you've loaned it out four or five times and you have to buy it again oh, and re highlight it. Re-highlight it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so like we, I, I like stuff like that, like the story about the, the ranch, long story yeah. short. It's super cool and it gets creepy, then it just kind of goes way off the rails and like left yeah. field. So um, then if I said, so, so, so I'm probably your. Your resident expert for vampires, because if I said the Crogland Grange vampire, mm-hmm. does anyone hear it's, know it's what honestly that is? familiar? Because I've read a boatload of books, but I couldn't rattle it off by any means. Um, back in the late eighteen hundreds, they did a comic strip called mm-hmm. Barney the Vampire, and it was based on the Crogland Grange vampire, uh-huh. which was a corpse that that was coming and and 
just really torturing this poor family mm-hmm. and and uh, on Crogland Grange. Hmm. So, I think I read about it because, like, I have never read the book you've got there, but I've read so many of them from the library and whatnot. And John George, John George High. Uh huh. Yeah. <coughs> yep. And of course, one that irritates the piss out of me every time I I hear her name misrepresented and it's always misrepresented mm-hmm. in any movie they've ever re- pre- presented her name mm-hmm. Elizabeth Bathory right it's we talked about Ouija boards because you made Ouija boards right yeah I made them mm-hmm. yep it's you funny. made them yourself because yep. mm-hmm. right. you won't mess with one right that's that's where we draw the line between like Investigation. He he won't get into the pentagram circles in the middle of a fucking hundred bridge. He won't use a Ouija board. Salt, like me, I'm all I'm all in that. I, I have no. Yeah, yeah. We, we went to. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the Ouija board either. Yeah, we went. Okay, I'll tell you because why not? Because we have plenty of time. Um, I'll tell you why I won't mess with Ouija boards in a minute. But yeah, we went to Theoros's Bridge. Have you heard the tale? Theorosa? I know. I know of Theoros's Bridge. Yeah. So we were there and like. I don't know your tale. Right, 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 right. So we were there and like we're it's it's my wife and I and Preston and his brother and like we're on like the not the old because there's there's the the argument of like the current bridge with the spray paint on it is the bridge. But you were saying no, no. Because if you bridge. if you actually go further down, you go like not even a quarter mile down. There's another concrete bridge, and then if you look down to the creek, there's actually the giant wood pillars where the old wooden bridge used to be. Mm-hmm. And so we've actually gotten more hits, like EVPs, like this uh, uh. this uh, very. The problem with EVPs is some of them come across really clear, and some of them are like what they call like Class Bs, which are like really electronically. But we got this Class B, and it says, I lost child, please help. And we got it down there by those wood pylons. Whereas where we were at with him, <laughs> we've got jack shit. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the debate of which one is truly the bridge, if it's the new concrete one or if it was the old right. remnants of the old one. But yeah, we're on the new bridge, the the current uh, bridge, and there's all this spray paint everywhere, and then there's this giant pentagram in the middle of the bridge. And like Preston and his brother are like hopscotching, like, oh, it feels cold in here, and it feels warm over here, cold over here, and warm out there. Come stand on that. And I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I don't care. That's not the bridge. I'm not standing in a damn pentagram. <laughs> For nothing. <laughs> so that's just a long-running uh, joke. Is whenever we bring it up, he always just calls me a pussy. See, I don't have a problem with that either. Okay, so 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 then we we have we have an equal and an equal. There you go. Right. There we are. There we are. Right. Yeah. All right. So like, yeah, the, the Ouija board thing. Like, I, I won't mess with those either. And part of it was just superstition. But in longer story shorter, because I've told it a couple times, the apartment we used to live in in El Dorado. My wife and I lived on the end apartment upstairs on the second floor, and we had this couple that lived underneath us. And they'd party all the time and invite us over. We never partied, but we, we were on good terms with them. But one time we went downstairs to go to the movies, and we're walking down our stairs, and we go out the front door, and Jessica, the girl who lived there, literally runs into me. And I'm like, oh, you okay? And like, we both kind of almost fall over. She's like, oh, yeah, we're just in here, you know, drinking and stuff like that, and we're messing with this Ouija board, and I'm telling you, that shit's real. And I'm just like, no, damn <laughs> come on. And, but anyway, after they were messing with his Ouija board, because it's a bunch of idiots, and they're all drunk, so God knows uh, what they could have done, uh, just the weirdest shit starts happening in our apartment. And Cthulhu they, comes right, up. Right, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, he's making eggs by morning. And it's, it's funny because I think it's ironic and it's payback because before the Ouija board happened, I opened up all the cupboards because my wife and I watch all the ghost stories, all the ghost hunting and stuff like that. And um, I opened up all the cupboards, all the doors, the fridge, the closets, the drawers, everything. And then I balanced our, our uh, broom on end. 
And I, then I send my wife into the kitchen this one time, and she sees it, and she screams and runs and jumps into the cupboard. And I was like, oh, I got you good. <laughs> and then, of course, the neighbors use the Ouija board, and then our, our apartment becomes haunted. And we would, we would see, like, chairs rotate on their own. And I would see the form of somebody walk through the hallway, and yeah, it's just crazy. So yeah, I won't, I won't touch, I won't touch the Ouija board. I won't touch the Ouija board you make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I, I, I've tried. I'm like, I'm on the fence. So like, Sean, sometimes um, I, I will do like what they call like smoke billets or what they call like water spraying. And like, I'll get these images, and I'll be like, you know, look, you can see a soldier in this. And Sean's like, man, but I don't know. It's just, it's like a little smoke burn. I don't think it's a real image. And then, uh, you know, I've messed with Ouija boards, and I've never once got a hit, never gotten out. So I think Ouija boards are shit. I just, nah. So. So, so Preston's the one that sees Jesus in a piece of toast. Yeah. He's not there, man, I'm telling you. But I think, like, Ouija boards are kind of like the vampires. They only have as much strength as the people who believe in them. Right. So, I mean, if you're just sitting there just messing with the Ouija board for kicks and grins, why, it may nothing happen. But, I mean, the more people you have around it and the more people that believe in it, just like the vampire, the more followers you have, the more familiars, the more people who believe in you, well, you are because they believe in you, therefore you are. It's like table uh, tipping or, like, when you have those group seances, mm-hmm. um, you, you know you, you get a group of people there. So the first thirty minutes, nothing really happens. But once you all get familiar with each other and you get comfortable around each other, mm-hmm. then they'll say like you know the table will start to tip on its own, or like you know this weird ghost hand will appear out of nothing and like touch you. Um, so I think sometimes it's more a group collective. So yeah, if you're messing with it on your own, like you know I've never messed with the Ouija board with a group. It's always been by myself. But uh, so yeah, killer. I think you should buy a Ouija board with your dad's back turned. Yeah. And then put it in the car. And then give somehow. It to him. He'd, dude, he'd flip. Oh and my then, God. And then come running that. back. And then when you get in the car, like, oh, what the hell's that, Dad? Oh, my God. It wants to come home with us. Right, it is right. weird, though, like seeing them seeing them that many weekends in a row. And, like, mm-hmm. I've n- I never used to see them ever. Yeah. That's true. It is kind of a weird thing wow. to see. But, yeah. but those are probably better than the ones that you can buy off the shelf because all those at a garage sale have a history to it. So if somebody's used it and it Carries up that fucked up history with it, and then the next person is going to just add to it. Yeah, so, I don't oh, be, I wouldn't want to be in my house. <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd be like the the psychic vampires that we were talking about. Because if yeah, I I I believe that it'd be like owning um, a piece of furniture. I mean, if if the home it came from was unstable, it's mm-hmm. going to give off some negative energy yeah. for a while right, until it right. restabilizes. Right, and see, and I mean, I think I think psychic vampires. To me, sound a little bit more realistic or true than the typical, you know, blood sucking vampires. Because, I mean, there's scientific, I'm going to say evidence and air quotes of, you know, people who can see auras and read auras. Right. And there was a, a friend of ours for a while, and uh, I won't say who it was, but myself and somebody was with me one day, and we, we showed up to, to see my wife, and, and this, her friend is like, wow, like, man, your friend, like, he's a hot mess. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I can read auras. And like that, that guy just has a black just outline around his whole body, and there is just she's like think of it as like him walking across the street, and he's just got smoke coming off him because he's on fire. Like there's there's black everywhere. He is he's in a fucked up mess, and it, and it was true. The guy's a nice guy, but he had a lot of uh, a darker past and, and rage uh, issues and stuff like that. So that was quite interesting. That's crazy. And then she's like, okay, so what's uh, what's Sean's aura look like? Because I didn't know this girl, and she's like, "Well, it's just it's just really peaceful. It's blue. It's very calming. Unicorns and, very... and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like rainbow bright. Threw up on him, Lisa Frank. And it's just it's very blue and calming and relaxing, and it's, just, it's a very stark contrast to this other guy. 
and, and she's like, well, that's that's a pretty true read because I mean, I'm usually the the somber, calming guy, and I'm the on the peacemaker and the, the you know the equalizer. So that was pretty cool. But I mean, if, if somebody could read an aura, I think somebody could find a way to manipulate that and feed off of it. Oh yeah. And there's certain people, you know, you always have a certain person in the room who sucks up all the energy in a good way, and then you have some people that are just so just pent up, like they just thrive on other people's misery. Yeah, and it drains can, them. Right, right, it drains you, and that person feeds off of that. So even if that's indirectly vampirism, it's not on purpose, I still think that is kind of an energy vampire, because yeah. you're sucking the, the hope and the happiness out of people. Yeah. And if you learn to harness that kind of power, so to speak, then, I mean, who knows what you can do, so... Yeah. I think that's also pretty important, too. It's like the vampire sunflower on Pines for his own. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, yeah we, we should do that. We, uh, we've gone out in the field, yeah. literally into fields before, yeah. um, for for hunts. I And I'm always thinking, man, like, I, I have to hear the clear-cut voice. When I hit play, it has to say, well, hello, Sean, my name's Gary, and I died this year, and I'm a ghost. And I can tell you exactly what happened to me. I don't like to listen to the recordings, and it's like, fur, fur. like, what do you think they just said? I think they just said, you know, help me. <laughs> I just, I've been murdered, and all I hear is... Rub, rub, rub. So that's that's always fun when we go out, because I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And then, See, I, yeah, I really, really want to do something like that, Preston. That, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I yeah. love it, because like, we'll be walk, we walk through a graveyard, and where was it, Augusta? Yeah, and it's like midnight. And I'm like, "Yep, all right, guys. I hope we find something. We're not going to find something." And My uh, strangest experience was, and I think I was about nineteen or twenty. Um, I was out with a friend of mine and her her husband boyfriend at the time, and we went to a graveyard that was near, um, uh, not Coleman. Um, What's that other chemical company? I can't think of their name. Uh, Way down south. Way down south on Hoover Road. Is it a refinery? Sort of, but they deal with chemicals. It's going to bug me until I remember their name. In any case, there's a graveyard down there. Mm -hmm. And um, we were trying to get there, and we came across some roadblocks. Okay, so we went around. As you do. As you do. And yeah, and we finally got to the to the graveyard. We went to go leave the same direction. Now this was in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Stone sober. Yeah, stone sober. Okay. Um you, you don't typically have people work crews putting up roadblocks in the middle of the night. Right. We went back the same direction. Roadblock. We had to turn around and go a different way. Roadblock. <laughs> we decided to say screw it. We went around one of the roadblocks and said, "We're out of here, <laughs> right, Scooby Dude." Suddenly, right, we're, we're driving along, pitch black road. Right, right, right. there was uh, taillights way behind us. We're talking like three, four hundred feet, five hundred feet, some uh, a long ways. Mm-hmm. And, and and here here we are, and here's the headlights. I mean, they're coming up on us fast. Mm-hmm. We didn't know who they were or what they were trying to do. But it, oh, and one of the roadblocks, there was some cows in the way. Really? Yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, it was just really a bizarre, huh. bizarre experience. That is interesting. And that's a place locally by here. Have you been here for most of your yeah, life? Yeah, in which yeah, one area? Right yeah. On. Hmm. Um, go out there and check that. <laughs> Trying to remember the name. Uh, it, it's a large corporation. Mm-hmm. 
You'll thank him as soon as we leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's fun is like when we go, we were at the, in Augusta at the cemetery and we're walking through here and you're asking your leading questions mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting here just kind of like, all right, yeah, sure. Hopefully we find something. And then it's, I love it because I'm so skeptical and you're just like, all right, Sean here is a skeptic. So if anybody can, you know, maybe come up behind him and I don't know, pinch him on the butt or push him over. <laughs> that top hat and kangaroo yeah. dance. You're right, right. <laughs> it's, it's funny you mention a top hat because this this cemetery. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same cemetery you're talking about. It, it is. Um, that cemetery that we were at was Custer. The cemetery that she saw, the Top Hat guy, mm-hmm. was the Catholic one right next to it. So there's two oh, okay. cemeteries butted up gotcha, next gotcha. to each yeah, other. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the same cemetery we were at. Uh, a friend of mine said when she was in high school, I believe it was, she was riding her bike back home from school. And she happened to look up, and I, I don't know if this is before she knew about this kind of stuff or not, but she said she was remembers riding her bike through the cemetery, and something got her attention. She looked over, and she saw a man wearing, I, I think it was a flowing coat maybe, but he had a, a large hat on. Not quite a top hat, but kind of like just like a big, like not really a cowboy hat, just, you know, the big, I don't know, cattle herder hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's often referred to as the hat man or scratch. Um, which is for those of you keeping tracks, let me push up my nerd glasses. Scratch is the uh, the leader of all the shadow people, mm-hmm. so that makes me look like a freak. But um, yeah, she reported seeing that guy in the same cemetery that we were at. So that was kind of kind of interesting too to think that like, okay, we're here, but will we or won't we see him? Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting. Pretty story. interesting. Yeah, pretty good stuff. And I've had cemeteries to where like. Uh, We've gotten hits, and then we'll go back a couple weeks later, and nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I took Jeffrey out about like a month ago because she wanted to go, and we went to the cemetery that uh, her grandmother was buried at, and uh, um, we were there for probably 20, 30 minutes, and uh, the the tape recorder would cut in and out, in and out, in and out. So the whole entire time we were there, it would actually, like it was recording, and then it would stop, and then it would record, and then it would stop. And so then when you were playing it back, like, we hooked it up in the car so we could listen to it. Because um, I, I have a digital one that I use, like, an old actual, like, tape cassette one. And the tape cassette one was like... And it would speed up and slow down, speed up and slow down. Wow. So then the next, we went to another cemetery, did the whole recording again. It came out normal. So there was just something at that cemetery where, like, that recorder had just malfunctioned for whatever reason. But we were sitting there, and it was pitch black. We couldn't see anything. And uh, we started asking questions, and all of a sudden there was this loud, just noise out of nowhere. We mm-hmm. started freaking out. And uh, it was the sprinklers that were on the <laughs> <automated> timer. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that's why I always draw the line of, of just skepticism is it's always fun in the moment to be spooked. And then when you go back in hindsight, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's just, yeah. yeah. Just a possum farting in the, in the breeze. So, do you just like do you, when you do your readings? Do you just like pick a random cemetery, or do you like have a meaning behind it, or what? No, I just pick a random one. Um, so there was one that's actually close to where my brother lives, off of Seventy Seventh or Eighty Fifth Street, there in mm-hmm. Valley Center, like right when you get off the highway. And uh, we were walking around it, and uh, there the. Uh, find a grave says there's like 500 people buried in that cemetery. <laughs> Do you use a website called findagrave.com? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so it, 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 it'll sit there and tell you that there, like, there's like 500 graves there. But when you look at the cemetery, there's like 
80 tombstones. Do you have an account on there? Yes. Oh so my god. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, where the fuck are all these bodies at? And so we were walking around this one section of graves and there are these little tiny tile markers that said MC on it. Uh-huh. And uh, Dead rappers? Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, maybe it's like 16 feet by 16 feet in a square. You see these little tiles, and so I'm telling my brother, I'm like, you know how, like I told you earlier, like there are like 500 graves here, and I'm like, maybe a whole family's buried here, and it's so old that they just labeled this section as, you know, the McCollum family or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, MC's, uh, MC's Latin, and we played back the recording, and you hear this old man voice goes, it is. So I actually looked it up. What does MC in Latin mean? And it's a Moncoilus, which is a... Rapper. Yes, Moncoilus is a rapper. <laughs> it's, it's actually it's like a life map. It's called The Life You Live. And it's something that's like kind of like an kind of old Masonic thing or a masonry thing where it's like a Latin life map. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. We go back like a week later and fucking nothing. So that's we crazy. ask all these questions. Oh, wow. yeah, so, I want to go do that. Wow. That would be fun. So, yeah. Make me a believer, Preston. Actually, that's how I got my brother that uh, that cemetery that we went to the uh, the one in Augusta. There, um, we were actually going to a funeral and we had to kill some time. And uh, my brother's like, "Well, what the fuck are we going to do for an hour?" I'm like, "Hey, let's go to the cemetery." And we were walking around with a recorder, and uh, I said, "You know, hey, my brother, he's Buddhist. He doesn't believe in any of this shit. He thinks that uh, you know, when everybody dies, they get reincarnated or you, you turn into nothing." So I'm like, "All you guys are here in the cemetery. You're present here now." I'm like, "You need to prove him wrong." You you need to leave me something so when I play it back to him, he knows without a doubt that this is the real deal. And we play back the recording, and you hear this male voice go, Christ is dead. And then my brother's like, What? Played it back, Christ is dead. He was like, There's no way that could be there. So ever since then, he's been hooked on it, and we started a little paranormal group because of it. So nice. That's crazy. Well, heck yeah. Well, I think that'll prob- probably do it. Everything. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Hit, yeah, hit yeah. all the nails on the head we need to for tonight. That's awesome. And we can always come back and do more of these too. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. Be good. That'd be awesome. So yeah, my dining room uh, is perfect for it. Now. Yeah, <laughs> that'll work. Right. Man, that'll work. So. Yeah. All right. Well, Robert, we really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with yeah. us, and hopefully uh, everybody out there enjoys it, and everybody checks out WitchCon coming up on June third. Yeah, and 4th. most definitely. Yeah. Can't wait for that. It's gonna be a good thing for Wichita, and uh, if, you, if you're. Um, not from Wichita, you can still share this podcast because we're gonna when we do the show uh, notes for the on the Facebooks and whatnot, we'll we'll link the the con and everything. And yeah, just share it and all that goodness. Favorite costume you're hoping to see people dress up oh, as? Cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guilty pleasures! I really hope to see a good Mystique. Yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Now X Men movie. I have a thing for blue skinned women. Okay, I, I don't mean to be weird. What's yeah, uh, yeah, Nebula? Okay, all right. <laughs> blue skinned women. So comic mystique. book mystique or X Men movie mystique? Right, right. Oh, either one. You're not. He's not picky. It could be. It could be Avatar, and I'd be. And I, I would be fine with that. What about you guys? What do you want? What cosplay do you want to see really good? I'd like to see a really good Rick and Morty. That'd be yeah, cool. That'd be I, cool. I think that'd be that'd be cool, man. I mean, like, if I if I could see a Muck Man from Ninja Turtles, <laughs> I would. That oozes. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna. It's, okay, let me start over here. Let me really specify. If I could see a Muck Man with a Joe Eyeball in the trash can backpack, oh yeah, I would lose yeah, my loving yeah, shit right there yeah. from everybody. 
Yeah. You should do it, man. My, my wife hasn't divorced me yet, but if I saw a mystique, I, I, it, it, I'm sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's her one past. <laughs> you heard it out there, folks. I'm sort of single looking for mystique. Sort of single. <laughs> sort of looking for a blue-skinned woman. That's awesome. All right, man. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Uh, Robert, thanks again for coming on. And, uh, yeah, everybody check it out. Uh, you can check out my podcast. Obviously, if you listen to this, you're listening to Indeed. Check out uh, Pixelated Radio as well. Yeah, That's, uh, Pixelated Sausage. Yeah, Pixelated yeah. Sausage as well. Both Sports Car Unleashed. Yeah, old old, old rich. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'll let you guys do your little outro for your guys' show. And I think you pretty well hit it. Yeah, thanks, thanks yeah. for listening and joining us. It was a different take on our roundtables, and we're happy to uh, be able to interview you, Robert. Again, thank thanks you for joining thank us. You. Oh, absolutely. And, and everybody, if you can, Riverfest on a Saturday on the 3rd or the 4th on Sunday, come down and check out the Wichicon. Um, it's worth the price of admission at least. So, I mean, what do you got to lose? Not shit. <laughs> so, uh, you may find that one, uh, you know, fabled Ninja Turtle that you had been looking for your whole life. Yeah. You may just find a muck man. Make Not sure the juggernaut, out. though, because I already took care of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, make, I, make sure you smell it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, guys, thank you so much for being with us. Definitely. All right, later, guys. Later. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.